as you are being seated, I want to echo my wife's announcement on the choir. Um, the choir is a ministry. Um, and we're serious when we say that um, you don't have to be an excellent singer. Uh, I'm proof of that. I'm in the choir, and I am not an excellent singer. But let me tell you something. The, to the preacher that's on deck over there, waiting, when you worship and you praise whoever is gifted and talented, whatever amount of gifting and talents you have, whether it's the choir, whether it's this band, you're paving the road for the Word of God. You really are. So it's not a time filler, choir to have a choir. So um, I do ask that you would really consider that. It would be wonderful if we could blow out this stage with people that would love to just praise God and worship God, and then we'll try to sing. How's that? Seriously. I hope that you consider that. And we do our very best, because we know about busyness. Um, we do our very best to keep you about an hour. That's it. About an hour. All right. This morning, I'm going to try to tackle something that has been an issue uh, in Christianity as long as I've been a Christian, which is now over 40 years. Um, my wife sometimes and I just go home and shake our heads when we hear of things or decisions made, plans, and we just kind of shake our heads when we hear them. So the title of this morning's message is, It Good or God? Good or God? Now remember, you and I don't think like God. We don't. These days, the term good and God seem well, to be the same. Well, absolutely, that's what I would think. We believe what is generally accepted as good must be in line with God's will. It's good. Generosity, humility, justice, kindness, well, it's good. Selfishness, arrogance, cruelty, evil. So it seems pretty plain. But, is that really all there is to it? If good is so obvious, why does the Bible say that we need discernment to recognize things? I don't know if Christians even exercise their discernment these days. I don't even know if a lot of us understand that that is from God. Remember, God says, without me, what can you do? All right. So how are you going to look at some decision in your life and think, yeah, I'm going to do that. When God says, without me, you accomplish nothing. So this discernment, whether it, is this good or is this God? And we're going to get into this if it has you a little bit confused. Hebrews 5.14 tells us this. Strong meat, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Strong meat belongs to those that are forged, those that are mature, those that know the word of God. 
by reason of use, have their senses, their, their mind, their perceiving, their, their understanding, discerned, to be able to discern both good and evil. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Hebrews 5.14, again, in English version, standard version, says this, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Have you been in training? Everybody wants to pump iron, run this, run that, do eight miles, walk like crazy, but have you been doing your exercises? To be able to discern things that are before you every day. Even now, you should be discerning. The word discern, uh, defined is a distinguishing means to detect or to recognize. Yes, yes, that is of God. To recognize. Oh, no, I don't. Everything looks good. Everything sounds good. Smells good. But something's not right. You see, if whoever is the exercise freak in the church came up here beside me and we picked up as many speakers as we could and ran to the other side, him and I, you would find out automatically who would be doing the exercise. Right? Because why? Because I'd collapse over there and they'd be over there with two speakers on their hands. Right? All right. Spiritual. It's the same thing. You have to exercise your use spiritually. And then you start that race, and then you see who goes off to the left or to the right, or collapse, or who makes it to the end. By exercising their senses, are able to discern. People can't discern a lick nowadays. They just can't. Sometimes I look at people and say, what? Proverbs 15, 21, New King James says this. Listen to this word. Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment. Folly. Foolishness is joy to him who can't discern a lick. When you're going, what are you doing? This is, yeah, this is great. You see it in the word. Folly, foolishness, is joy, pleasure to him who is destitute, empty, void of recognizing or detecting that this is not of God. But a man of understanding walks uprightly. Look, listen, folks, whether you believe God or not, listen, there is a war going on for control of your mind. Who you're going to listen to. You got the enemy and all his voices screaming at you. You got your own voice saying, oh, you don't have to go to church. Then you got the voice of God. And you got to decide. 
Romans 12.2 tells us this. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do you prove it? By the transforming of your mind. Hey, weren't you that jerk, that drug addict, that fool, that... Uh, <laughs> that was me. What happened? I gave my heart to the Lord. He touched me. He turned me around. Placed my feet upon the rock. It's proving that you have been transformed. Listen, transform means make a thorough, a thorough, dramatic change. Transform does not mean coming to church. Transform does not mean singing in the choir. Dramatic, th thorough, complete change. Once I was blind, but what? That's a complete change, right? We're getting to our point. We're just making a foundation. Do not be conformed. Conform means to another's pattern. To another's pattern. We do that all the time. Michael Jordan, no one really knew about him too much in college. His first two years of pro, no big deal. All of a sudden, he exploded on the scene. Everybody in the world wanted to be like Mike. And buy the shirt number 23. Until the next one comes along. Or the next uh, fashion for women. And God is telling us, do not be conformed to another's pattern. But be ye unbelievably, dramatically, completely, thoroughly changed by the power of God. What God does to us is he, is he takes these old heaps, these old junk cars that everybody's forgotten about, doesn't even want them, trying to find a place to throw them, get rid of them, and he pulls this complete piece of garbage junk car out and he transforms it into a show car. And everybody says, wow, that's awesome. But the transformation from the junk heap to that is a work of God. There's not one of us that can do that. To a soul. So you are not to be conformed to this world. Warns us that this world system that you work in and pay your bills in and try to take your vacations in is an against rebellion to God. Complete rebellion to God, this world system. And God is saying, don't be like them. Don't be conformed to that pattern. Don't. Refuse it. Resist it. Fight it. Detect it. Discern. Watch. Be careful. Because it's slick. But you are to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The total opposite of being conformed to this world. And the battleground between conforming to the world and being transformed is within the mind of the believer. That's you. Christians must think differently. That's why sometimes when people do this and do that, I say, what? What? And it's not because... I'm the all-knowing one, and you must come to my feet to get my answers. No, it's because it doesn't line up with what the Bible says. It doesn't. Now, we're, we're, we're talking about good and God. We are. So, question. 
Question number one. Could we ever fall into delusional state of calling what's right wrong or what's wrong right? Are you living in a nation that now does this? And they really swear to think it's right. And they possibly could take the marginal Christian and start going, well, I suppose. Doesn't everybody know the difference? And we certainly could never fall into the deceived state of calling good evil or evil good. Correct? I know you think you're being baited because if you know the word, you know the answers to this stuff. So consider this. Many centuries ago, a wealthy young leader approached Christ. Remember? He was honest, moral, pure man, never committed adultery, murder, lied, stolen, or cheated someone in a business deal. He always respected his parents. He was a model citizen, was armed, uh, admired by many, and many most likely would say to him or her, man, she is or he is a good person. Good or God. Our standard of good or God's standard of Here's the Lord's reply. And when he was gone forth into the way, then came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And you think the Lord would say, Bless God, have we got one? You must believe in me. You must. What's the Lord say? What's God say? Ho, 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 hold up. Why are you calling me good? I mean, he had him on the hook. Why wouldn't he just win it room? Because the one that we would say is on the hook has the wrong standard of good. And the Lord was saying to him, hey, 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 fella, there's only one good, and that's God. Are you calling me God? Why would Jesus correct a man who called him good? Was Jesus not good? Of course he was. Absolutely he was. Could it be that our standard of good is the wrong standard? And God was correcting him, saying, Hey, do you recognize what you're saying? Are you just saying as a natural man? Oh, he's a good man. Listen, ladies. Oh, he's going to marry. He's so good to me. Is his good submitted to God? Well, but he's so good to me. He treats me like a lady. He's a good provider. Maybe the majority of us would say, lock him up, marry him, get him quick. God's saying, hey, why are you calling me good? There's only one good, and that's God. You know, remember, you've got to remember, our ways, our standards are so far different from God. Remember, it says it in Isaiah. So far different. So 
So in other words, I believe it is absolutely possible that man's standard of what is good is different from God's standard. In fact, I don't say it is possible. I'm saying it is. Period. Bank on it. So Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. And you know the story, and it didn't register to them. He didn't get it. Turned around and walked away. Because he thought he was good. Say it. Just like all of us think we are. All right, so question two. Is all good good? To understand if all good is good, you've got to have discernment. You cannot rely on, well, what do you think? Well, honey, what do you think? Oh, we make so many huge blunders by our own thinking, by our own rationale. What we think and what the masses would all say, well, yeah, that's good. That's good. So when the man came running, he went, good master. If I was a pastor, I probably went, yeah. He recognizes who that. And then my jaw would have dropped when God said, well, why are you calling me good? And I'm going, oh, because, because I'm a good pastor and I preached and I taught him all that. He's saying, hey, there's only one good. You see the difference of our thinking here. You've got to see that. All right, because here's the big stuff coming. Genesis says this, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay, Genesis. Verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in a day thou shalt eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now we should know, he didn't drop dead, but he died spiritually. His spiritual man died instantly. Dropped over dead. Separated from God. God not only made his command clear to Adam, but he also clearly explained the consequences of his disobedience. You, Adam, if you partake of this tree, I'm telling you, you're going to drop dead. I don't think Adam was going, what's that mean in Hebrew? He knew. Clear, just like we know. Now remember what we're talking about again. The scripture in the New King James to me is one of the most powerful. Folly, foolishness is joy to him who is destitute of discernment, of detecting, of understanding, of saying, hey, wait a minute, I think my next step is, I think God's not wanting me to take this. I'm pretty sure. Oh, go ahead. No, I, just something. Everybody, it's a good path. You're, I, just, I can't. I just, something inside him, he's not. But it's more pay. It's a better place to live. It's higher up the ladder. 
something. Foolishness is joy to him. Foolishness. He's like, yeah, there's no discernment. It's joy to them. But a man of understanding walks uprightly. Now here's the big, I keep telling you that, but here, pay attention to this. I'm telling you, Ruth, and I've seen so many shipwrecks. And you understand, if the captain of the ship says, he's just driving like you. <laughs> and if he would say something to all his shipmates and all that are aboard, what? What? I'm not hurting anybody. It's my own body, I'll do what I want. He's just doing this with the ship, and you're doing what? the same. Your actions affect tons of others down the line. Maybe, maybe, maybe one of your great, 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 great grandfathers decided, I ain't serving God. And four or five generations, I ain't serving God. Does that affect everybody? And how many of the DiVincenzos are in hell? Because no one would say something I can't. There's something just not. And all the rest that you don't even know will go. All because of discernment and what you do and think and say and decide. Our little Addison's now on our ship. And it's Ruth and I somewhere by the grace of God and the mercy of God went. Actually, it was Ruth first. And I didn't come along that much later. I went, you know, you're right. You're right. Then it's all of us. Not all the children, all our children. Joe was going, you're right, Dad. Now Tiffany, now Addison. What could have been total chaos. What's up? I ain't doing nothing. My ship. Here's the biggie now. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to her eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit and ate and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat when she saw what it was what good It wasn't the evil side of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that evil was drawn to. It was the, wow, good side. The word says Eve saw the tree that it was good, pleasant, and desirable. I'm telling you, there is a good set up by the kingdom of darkness to draw you away from God. 
Maybe all of heaven was going, no, Abe, no. She's going, wow, this is good. This got be, this has to be God. Right? Adam, this is good. And Absalom, it is good. Was it good? Look, isn't it true? People, you and I, give ourselves to good causes all the time. The one I can think, and I don't know if he died now or he's too sick, whatever it is, every September he'd be on TV. Every September. I remember as a little kid. Who am I talking about? Telethon. His big thing was what? He would not sleep until every dollar he'd be. And he'd be talking about them kids and me going, man, guy's breaking my heart. What a good Samaritan. This guy's really good. Jerry Lewis? Not a professor of Christ? Last I knew. Maybe he is now. I don't know. But all during that time? Good cause, we'd all say. Yeah, it's better than blank, blank on TV. But it was the good of the tree of good and evil that drew Eve away from the will of God. And when they went, all of us went, <laughs> and thousands and millions have lost their souls because God drew them away. wasn't submitted to God. They weren't submitted. When Eve was tempted, it wasn't the evil side that drew her. Look, it wasn't porn or lust or wild parties, getting drunk, running around. It was good, pleasant, and desirable stuff that caught her eye. You ever see some good and pleasant stuff that starts to cause you to long for it? Then it kind of falls into coveting for it. Could be a houseboat, car, woman. Better job, higher position. And God is saying, I got you right where I want you. You're right. You're going to affect tons of lives. And you're going, but that's so good. That's good. Honey, isn't that good? I, I think it's good. There you go. It was the good. Remember, the Bible says the enemy slyer than any. Sly. Majority of the time, he's not going to catch godly Christians with nude parties and wild drinking and crazy, foolish, stupid stuff. You'll see that right away. You go, oh, what the? It's not of God enemy says, hey, we've got a weak group. And he huddles with them all and he says, we've got to do stuff they don't recognize. We've got to do stuff that they think is good. And he huddles up with them and they all work together and they go, I'm for G-O-O-D, good. And off they go. 
to hook you. You, you grab any person off the street probably that's old enough to remember Jerry Lewis. Let's just say he died. I don't know if he did yet. Um, and they all would probably say, yeah, he's in heaven. That man did such good. Proverbs tells us this. There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Death. So how did that decision that Eve made turn out? Because you and I now can look in in the rearview mirror and check it out. Uh, We now know five or 6,000 people an hour are dying lost. Lost. And she's going, I was drawn It was good. Adam said it was good. We thought it was good. It was a good thing to do. We didn't want the evil. To me, it's absolutely clear that the sermon is a key factor in determining what is truly good and what is truly evil. Because the Bible says, it's not even in me to know what to do. So how are you going to rely on yourself to make a decision like that? How are you going to do that? I think this is good. This is kind of fun. Watch. We're going to go way out this time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Isn't this fun? I think it's fun. Remember, ladies, Eve was deceived, tricked. Adam was just a buffoon, knew better and did it. I'm an Adam. Our ladies get deceived. Who'd the enemy come around? When it comes to getting married, your second most important decision of your life, your first is getting right with God. Many times I've told folks, huh, don't, don't. And they do it anyway. And usually nine out of ten, if not all, we never see them again. In other words, what is truly good is not always clear to our natural way of thinking. It just isn't. <laughs> Hebrews 5.11 again, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, like this stuff. Seeing you are dull of hearing. And we are. I'm not saying you are. We are. We get dull of hearing. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. That's when you're going, what? You did what? What? How could you not know? I don't say that to Addison. When Addison picks up car keys and wants to shove them in her mouth or pick up buttons or junk on the floor, I don't go, well, how can you, what's the matter with you? You know, and you, you sit her up and she goes, hmm. well, what about you? What about us? I mean, would it be if I'm trying to get my son Jason, come on now, sit right. <clears throat> and he goes, but dad. <laughs> That's what this is talking about. 
For in the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. Put that down. That's bad for you. Bad. Which are the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Okay, wherever we go, if we go somewhere to eat, a restaurant, Red Lobster or something, Addison and I go, Addison's going to get milk and I'm going to get meat. Because she's, still, she's not mature yet to eat meat. That's what this is spiritually saying. So our church, in a time of crisis, we have no strength. We have no power. Do you understand? Hey, young folks, most revivals start in the age group of 30 and younger. Most. And who's done the biggest attack from the enemy? It's our young group. They are. The older group. Remember when Sunday was sacred? All there was to do was go to church. Now there's everything in the world going on to keep you from church. Oh, but Ralphie's going to be the next golfer. And Johnny's going to be the next Johnny football. Or football. So you blow off church. And Johnny's going, cotton on you. Ask Adam. We should stop right now. Bring Lenny. When I used to do the youth, bring him up. What about our kids? They're, they're jerked out of our ministry all the time. Why? Every sporting event under the sun is now on Sunday. Football, baseball, basketball, soccer, band, car shows, volleyball, cheerleading, dance, singing competitions, hobbies, fishing, camping. Every possible event or attraction now is on Sunday. And what? Wait, they're not evil. I didn't say porn, lustful, and naked parties, and perversion, fornication, football, basketball, baseball, apple pie, man. Good, good. All takes them. And the people in the community. We'll all say, he was a good coach. He was good to our boys. And the pastor's going, where are our boys? Eve was perfect in every way, you understanding? Perfect in every way. And in the garden where she resided, in the presence of God, was powerful and strong, and he would come and walk with Adam. Rich, thick, present, perfect. No filth, no TV, no garbage. However, what she discerned to be good and pleasant and profitable and desirable was actually evil and detrimental to her life. 
She was deceived, and many have suffered for it. To this day, more and more people now in America, I might go up to them, they walk in church, and they say, I've never been in church. How old are you? 26. You've never been in church. So here's the question for us. What good thing are you wrapped in that is really detrimental to yours and your family and the family of God that is to make New Hope strong? What good thing? Now look, don't run and ask me if it's good. I'm biased. You run and ask God. What good thing that you're wrapped up in? I would, Pastor, but I can't be the cuz. What many of us might say, that's a good thing to do, man. But it pulls you from God by robbing you of the time you once gave to God. And you're helping Billy learn how to dribble and Bobby. No, you put that foot back here. Keep that elbow. Keep that elbow out. And watch that. And you take a step. Good, good. Practice Sunday, 10 o'clock. You can be 0 and 12. We're in the tournament, boys. Sunday. And if you're this, you got to use that rope they put on the thing that steadies it. And you ought to go to that coach and say, um, excuse me, uh, we won't be there Sunday. Well, if you're not there Sunday, your boy can't play Monday. Well, okay, yet he can't play. Now, your boy will be freaking out. He'll be behind you. Look, you'll be like this, steady. He'll be, he'll be behind you going, ah, Daddy, what's the matter with you? You're crazy. Because he has not the maturity yet to know what you're doing. What good thing are you into? That you can't be here Wednesday? You can't be here when we pray? You can't come back tonight? You, look, what good thing are you into that you can't say, pff, pff, I'm in? What needs done? How can we become stronger? How can we become more active? How can we shake this city? What can we do? I know where I'm talking from about this last one. When I retire, I'm moving to Florida. Let me tell you something. It will be good to get out of these winters. 20 below, it would be so good to be sitting on a beach. Wouldn't that be good, babe? Oh, that would be so good, honey. Let's go to Florida. Is that good submitted to God? Is God going? Yeah, that's a good idea. People will tell me that. And a lot of times they don't tell me. When they would tell me, I'd say, okay, all right, hold up. All right, okay, I can kind of understand. Have you gone down there? Have you searched out a church that will keep your feet to the fire of God? Well, no, but there's churches all around. 
Aren't there churches all around in Zanesville? How are we doing? Last I knew, we had 101 churches in the Zanesville, Muskingum area. Everybody should be saved. 101 churches. How are we doing? So I'm asking you, this altar time, it's time for God to speak to you. All you captains of the ship, you better come here. Your wife's with you, praise God, bring her along. She stands by your side to help you. So many times, I'd be drifting and Ruth would go, what are, you, what are you doing? You're right, babe. You're right. Drift. You hear what's coming out of your mouth? Because I'm incomplete without her. That's what the Bible says. So our altar call is this. Our young, 30 and under. Do you understand? Now, God can do anything. He can make a revival come from a 99-year-old. I'm not saying that's not going to happen, but I'm just saying history says mostly it's 30 and under. How many of you 30 and unders are giving yourself to God for the sake that I might need a revival? Or are we waiting for the next something to come out? Whatever they are. So again, the title, Good or God? Let's stand, please. Before you come to this altar, we want to pray, though. I've got to pray. You kill the lights, Patrick, please. Father, I come to you now in the name of the Lord. God, these cannot be just mere man's words. Lord, please, please, God, in my own heart, my own soul. Father, we get deceived, we get tricked, we get lazy. Father, I pray that every soul that feels the stirring of Almighty God would find a place somewhere near this altar, close to this altar, anywhere, make an altar. And Lord, if they would ask you their lives, what's going on in my life, God, that's robbing me? Lord, that I've been deceived or tricked and I don't know anymore. Lord, I don't even understand. I don't even agree with what the pastor's saying. But Lord, if that's me, please, God, help me to perceive and understand and to discern what the Word of God says in this situation. God, bless them as they come, please, in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Booth, please play some music. Altars open. Don't pass up. The, don't dismiss this time. It's time to go home. This is where you hear directly from God.